0: Welcome to my world. From stage to screen, comedy to politics, decriminalize it. He's cannabis' most famous and fearless celebrity. Now, Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. Please welcome the stoner legend himself, Tommy Chong. <laughs> welcome to the Tommy Chong Podcast.
1: Hey, man, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Tommy Chong Podcast, live with super co-director and master of all trades, and what is he, what is it, what's that word, thing of all trades, master of none, yeah. you know that one? Yeah. Head surfer in the Chong household, Paris Chong. Let's have a nice round of applause for Paris Chong. Yay! Dude,
2: yeah. you, you
1: gotta just get into it, man, this Big no intros I'm, is just it's pretty bad. I love big intros, man. That's my life, my <laughs> life. In fact, the Cheech and Chong show was really one big intro after another. He would introduce one character, and it would take him a long time. One bit we did, the Blind Melon Chitlin' bit, mm-hmm. the introduction at one time took fifteen minutes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we had a we had a, a silent partner in the club, Georgie Beer, Georgie says, man, that bit, when you started it, he says, I went out for coffee. <laughs> and I come back, and you were still doing the bit. That's not good. Oh, I don't think that's good. I don't think that's good. No, that, it was great. It was good. What, what that's it was, like
2: Shelby's, what was Shelby's advice to you the other day?
1: Oh, cut it, cut it. No, Shelby saw uh, a bit that Cheech and I did back in the in the early, early days of Cheech and Chong. And... <laughs> It don't, was a funny don't, tell, don't, don't tell what it is. I don't want to spoil alert for Robbie's movie. Oh, Robbie. Yeah, the Cheech and Chong uh, documentary. Yeah. It's, it was a funny bit. Anyway, Shelby saw it. David played it for her. Uh, David, the producer and director of the movie, he played it for Shelby, and Shelby came back with a critique. <laughs> yeah, it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> the only time chicks don't say anything is too long is when you're making love. Well, that's too long. not true.
2: That's not true. Did they say sometimes? Yeah.
1: So, hey, what's going on in the world? Oh, it's gone
2: crazy. Huh? Well, I don't want to talk about the same Because I, I realized that because you know what happened in, in Brussels and, and then the election. We did a whole election thing last week. So I don't want to bore anybody. I can't, we're not allowed to talk about Trump or Sanders or anything, anybody. This week. Who? And We're not going to go on about Brussels. It's a terrible thing. I don't want to do this show about terrorism. So, and I'm the director, the producer, and you said the, what did you say, co-director?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, the co-producer, yeah. co-everything. And I can, beat, I
2: can beat you in arm wrestling now, so I get to choose what oh, we're going to do. Oh, you
1: think <laughs> you can beat me in arm wrestling? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to try it out, because I don't uh, want to hurt you, you, you don't or wanna, me.
1: You don't want to hurt your feelings. That's exactly.
2: why, you know, when you're golfing, like, I, you know, a lot of times you want to, you're, like, behind a tree, and you want to just smash that thing. And I'm just thinking, no, like... <laughs> The risk of that ball bouncing off that tree and coming back and smacking you in the face somewhere—it's just not worth it, man. And oh. it happens. Yeah, that's true. It's that's just true. not worth it.
1: Yeah, you know. No, you're absolutely right. Especially when there's you know nothing at stake other than you know hitting a little ball yeah. into a hole. You yeah. Know. Who yeah. cares? You know? Nobody cares. Today I, I played at the vets uh, by myself. In fact, no. In fact, there was a couple of guys on the uh, tee in front of me, and they just asked. They said to me, "Hey, you want to play through?" And I sure, I said sure. I, I tell him I play best ball. You know what what means that if I if I hit the first ball bad, I hit another ball. Uh-huh. And if I hit that ball bad, I hit another ball. Uh-huh. You know this is Tommy Chong rules. Yeah. You know? And then then I play the best ball. Right. And uh, and they said okay, so I played and I played, you know, pretty good. You know, considering my age and my physical abilities. Yeah.
2: Oh, I forgot to tell you. Hmm. We're not allowed to talk about golf on this show either because oh. that's boring to okay. 99% of the people that are listening. Behind. I was reading this this funny headline here on Reddit that you can relate to because uh, you are a director. You're mm. in the Director's Guild. Yes. You know? So you, you know all these uh, director tricks, right? Okay. And then so this headline said that Sharon Stone slapped the director after seeing the basic instinct leg cross scene for the first time. She'd removed her panties when the director told her the flash of white was ruining the shot and, th- and nothing would show on screen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she believed it. <laughs> so, so, she, so she showed that little pleasure hole. <laughs> oh, oh, that yeah. was a, that a, a long-haired
2: director. Who, really? Oh, yeah. Because that, that was one of the scenes that made the movie. It I mean was. that empowered her. Remember, she's being interrogated by like the whole homicide division. Like there yeah. was like eight guys in the room, you know, interrogating her for this murder. Yeah. She did the the, the cross leg thing, yeah. The, the the beaver flash, yeah. I mean that's one of the most memorable moments of the movie. Paris, per-
1: it's the most memorable <laughs> part of the movie. <laughs>
2: I don't even remember what the movie was about, but I remember that scene. You know what I think, too, is that by getting her to do that the way he did, worked with her character because there was no sense of shame or of like, oh, I'm doing something special. She just did it. Mm -hmm. She did what she had to do. That's her character. And man, that was a great scene. So that's one of those things that should go down
1: in the annals of amazing director moves, you know? Oh, absolutely. The one thing about directing a movie... You know, there's so much money involved. You know, you got a crew there. You know, it's costing something—hundred grand a day. You Mm -hmm. know, in some movies, a hundred grand an hour. They entrusted you with the the vision. You have the vision. The reason you're chosen to direct a movie is that you're not going to piss anybody's money around away. And so, when when you get confronted with an actress that doesn't want to do something or anything. What you do, you immediately go into this whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah. You know, whatever you have to say, whatever you have to promise, whatever. And some people lead
2: by like a dictatorship where they're just like a tyrant, right? Some people do that. If
1: they can. If they can. And then uh, some people are, are much smoother. Depends on the emotion that you want to get from your actor. If you want them to act pissed off, then you piss them off. Yeah. And that's not hard to do. No you know you ignore them or you 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 work them a little harder than they, they're used to yeah. and you have you have like the, the camera
2: and lighting people just sit there and, sometimes. And, and and like adjust everything for like 10 minutes oh yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> one one more for the sound
2: almost almost ready almost yeah. ready just stay still yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah 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 you do all that stuff when ray dawn my gorgeous daughter shot quest for fire uh huh uh, the director had her standing out in the middle of a field but naked was that in alberta too where was that or, or montana it was somewhere cold yeah cold miserable it was like e- either zero or close to <laughs> below zero she's standing there naked while he's he's wondering whether the lighting is right yeah but she did it you know yeah. she pulled it off but you know how we were talking to that producer
2: that we worked with that that works on The Revenant, yeah. And that uh, the reason that that movie took so long to shoot was is they they used natural light. So did Did Quest for Fire do the same thing? Yeah. Oh they wow, did.
1: they did. Wow. Exactly the same thing. You're out in the wilderness, you know, and the shots hundred yards away, and and you, you you can't put a screen over that, and you can't shoot that backstage, you know. Or on on a set. Directors are like Stevo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they'll take a ball shot to get whatever. To get, I mean, whatever it takes. <laughs> they'll staple their balls to a wall if it if it means getting the shot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they'll <don't> do anything. <laughs> does, does this bring you any
2: uh, director moves to mind? You uh, tortured Cheech in um, Nice Dreams, right? When he was on the and elevator. Nice Dreams
1: when he was on the elevator. <laughs> He's butt naked on the elevator, now is adjusting the shot. <laughs> when did he actually read that, that script part? Nice.
2: Well, we never
1: had it in the script. But I, you
2: have to prepare for that. I mean, you have to get the stunt well, people. And you when, have to... what,
1: no, what we did is, okay, we had the biker come in and finding us with his girlfriend. Yeah. First of all, the only thing we wrote was that uh, we would hide under the bed, uh-huh. and then the biker would come in and throw Dawn on the bed. And, oh, and, and start and, making love with and her. Start making love with her and bouncing, <laughs> bouncing on top of us. <laughs> And so while he's bouncing on top of us, we sneak out. But in the script, we just sneak out the door and leave. Yeah. But when we got to the set, I, I, I looked at the set. We're five floors above uh, anything. And the window led right to the top of the uh-huh. elevator. And so Cheech could go out the window on a ledge and then jump onto the top of the elevator. Oh, so you went out the front door and Cheech went out the window? I went out the front door and Cheech went out the window. Oh, wow. And so now he's on top of the elevator and the elevator (laughs) starts going down and first of all, he's going to crawl off the elevator and he's butt naked Uh and the people in the elevator see his naked butt and Uh they start playing with him. (laughs) Then he crawls back up and then we had a stunt guy, you know, dive into the pool. Yeah, But but Cheech had to stay on top of that elevator (laughs) butt naked it for about an hour or so oh really it was well, was it cold i mean that area that's the vice viceroy
2: that's pico and ocean man it gets chilly at night
1: not when you're five stories up on an elevator look at you know where oh, you the, the, die. A, the adrenaline kicks in the adrenaline kicks in and <laughs> <laughs> but that was just one i'll tell you one one time we were shooting next movie uh uh-huh. and neat nick our neighbor yeah 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 Okay, Neatnik he was a child star at one time, and he had worked with all these great child actors. Oh, yeah, we talked about this on the podcast before, about how Cheech told him to fuck off. No, he was just venting. He was doing his, you know, I want to be treated like a star. Right. King was trying to tell him... Where to walk and, and uh, you know Neetnik was trained to only listen to the director you don't listen to anybody oh else. right right but i was in the movie and so king really was uh, was directing yeah you know as well as uh, yeah i mean
2: there is a caveat right if the director is in the scene you know then the
1: director will pick who he wants to give the orders yeah to call the shots yeah and it was king yeah. And so King was just telling him, Okay, I want you to come here and yeah. come there and Neatnik goes, I don't believe I met the new director Ugh, in God. his little snotty way. <laughs> he had no business, but he said told uh Neatnik to fuck off. Yeah. And Neatnik says, I'll be in my trailer and he stormed off the set. And he told the assistant director <sighs> that he's not coming out until I fill up his trailer with flowers and champagne. So they said to me, "What are we going to do?" And I says, "Get the flowers, get the champagne, <laughs> you know, get a bottle of wine and a, and, a, and a bouquet of flowers. That's all you need." And so they did. And then he come back on the set and did it well. You know, you don't want to get into kind of arguments, uh-huh. you know, because all it does is just everybody gets settled into their position. That's a biblical thing, you know. Uh, you know, agree quickly with your adversary. Yeah. That's a, that's the a best uh, advice ever. In other words, don't argue, just agree. Say yeah, you're you're, you're probably no, I right. get it. Yeah, you just got to get the get the shot done. Yeah, you know? and you're probably right. It doesn't matter, and you do it, and we yeah. move on. I, it was a good lesson, you know. But that, you know, what it showed me, it showed me that I really was a, a good director, a good movie director. Yeah, because. The project is all you worry about. Right. You don't worry about people's feelings. You don't worry about anything. All you're worried about is, is this going to work in the project? Right. And if it pisses them off and it works, then you piss them off. That's your job. That's your, what job. You, that's your job. Cat Williams is in the news
2: again. Last week, he was at a Benny Siegel concert and they sh- and he was acting very strange and then he crouched down like uh, like he's going to you know tackle somebody and then he runs across the stage and he punches this guy in the face and then the the guy jumps on top of cat and then him and his friends just start stomping on cat which which i mean that's what happens when you go and you sucker punch a dude with some some friends you know you're going to get beat on that's absolutely just, that's, the, that's the law of the land so now <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna play you a video of what happened recently.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Look. Oh, you see that? Oh, you sucker punched he him. He sucker punched him, and then now look at the kid. Look at the kid. Got his back. Oh, got his back. Got his got the hooks in. Oh, manhandle him. Oh,
1: you get him. He... Seventeen-year-old <laughs> kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And that that was a sissy punch. Uh, Very through. sissy. You know, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw a sucker punch, man, the last thing you want to do is, is half-ass it. Do know? a little
1: pat like that. Yeah, that's the worst.
2: You just top. piss people off. That was
1: ridiculous. What, what what was wrong with him? I don't know, man. And a, and picking on a kid like that. Where was this at? That's jail time. He's having a lot of legal problems. He lost his mojo. Well, he still sells out. He still does well. Yeah, but the trouble is, once you become that, that character... like You know, it's like Richard Pryor, you know? Right. Richard Pryor was joking about his crack addiction. Yeah. But, but he never stopped doing it. And, you and, mean
2: after that one where he talked about <laughs> freebasing and how... That's how, why
1: that's why he ended up with MS, and that's why he Wait, when he, Jim he Brown
2: came and said, hey, you got to stop this, and the dealer said, hey, man, we're not selling you anymore, and all that, he kept smoking... Freebase? Hey,
1: Robin Williams was dry right up until he died, and then one no, day. No, Dad, Dad, come on. I'm asking it, you clearly a question. Okay. Was he
2: freebasing after he that that uh, he was that comedy special? He, he was back
1: doing drugs.
2: He was doing. He was free Doing not as bad or so he burned himself on fire, lit himself on fire. Yes, and he continued to do drugs after, after that. After that, yeah. He he. he Are he you got, sure? I'm positive. Yeah. He ended up with MS. He ended up with brain damage. Yeah, but man, listen, my, you know, my aunt ended up with MS and she didn't abuse drugs. You know, that people end up with MS. Like, so you can't, you can't connect that, those two, you know.
1: No, you, you sure can. Uh, You, you abuse cocaine, you're going to get all sorts of shit wrong with you. True. But even if you don't abuse cocaine, you could get No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But you look at the the people's uh, habits, you know. It just speaks for themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. But but more than anything, you know what it is. Here's what you, you got to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. See, when you're totally honest, that means you admit when you're wrong, and you admit when well, you're right. Well, what I'm seeing
2: here is, is but that, see
1: no. But let me finish. What happens when you when you're doing drugs and you start lying to yourself? Mm-hmm. And now I know the I know the feeling because I've gone through the same kind of trip. You know, I I go through it. You know daily, you right, know, yeah. because I, I got, since I've been, uh, you know, operated on it and, you know, all that shit went, went on with me, I developed a sweet tooth uh-huh. that, that like, I eat whatever is sweet, you know, like croissants or cake or anything. That's the only thing that, that makes me feel good. But I know that it's not good for me. Right. So I'm I'm conflicted. You know, if it's around, I'll eat it, and if it's not, I won't. Right. You know, so I try not to be around it, but I can't be hypocritical with myself and tell anybody that I don't do it. I do. Yeah. To the detriment of my own health. Right. And and that's the way with junkies on a bigger scale. You know, they lie to themselves like alcoholics. They lie to themselves. Right. You know, they they pretend. Well, I'm just I just drink socially. Blah 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 blah. You know, and next thing you know, they're dead because of alcohol abuse. You can really.
2: Connect the dots like you know, psoriasis, the scarring of the liver, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or 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 like stomach cancer, pancreatic cancer. But MS, yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I don't quite well. The good news is that the marijuana helps MS, absolutely. And but so, let's talk about Cat Williams. So, Cat okay. Williams, what I saw there, the generation, I think it's my generation, and maybe okay, mm-hmm. so anyone born. Before 1980, I want make an announcement, make like a public service announcement. Okay, don't go fucking with kids, okay? Because (laughs) they grew up in an era of MMA and Brazilian (laughs) jiu-jitsu, and and they know shit. You know, they may have just taken a class or watched watched a movie or whatever, but dude, they know shit now that you guys didn't know back then.
1: It's like faking a punch at a boxer. The yeah. last thing you want to do is fake a punch at a boxer because they don't even think; they just hit you back automatically. Oh yeah, yeah. it's an automatic thing. They don't even think about it; they yeah. just automatically do it. Same thing as as playing hockey. Like I was doing that celebrity hockey game. They're shooting a, a documentary on it, and they wanted one of the hockey players to fake a fight. Yeah, Max Headroom. Yeah, Max Headroom. You can't tell, uh, ask a hockey player to fake anything. Yeah. They don't know how to fake it. These are big thugs that grew up and they act instinctively yeah. it's like asking a, a chimp to fake a, a grab you know but just fake anything this is their instinct this yeah. is what they're trained to do and so the way he did he pulled the sweater over max's head give him a shot in the in the face and and probably he cracked his tooth
2: messed up and you know lip. to to the hockey players defense he probably gave him a little tiny little shot that that any other hockey player would be like oh you're funny man yeah. you know but but when you hit an actor like that, they're gonna go to the hospital so you don't want to mess with people's
1: instincts. Kids nowadays, little little baby, baby girls, guys, everybody. Oh man, they're they're taking uh karate, they're taking MMA, they're
2: taking jujitsu, they're taking jujitsu, they're, they're taking no, they're not even taking jujitsu, they're taking MMA. Yeah. So that means they're combining boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, and jujitsu and judo all yeah. in one. That's a lot of technique that oh, yeah. uh, people know and. And the guy just grabbed hold of him, took him down, and, and held him from behind. There's another one that I want to pull up, too. Okay. Like when you're filming something and like the shit's going down and it's a big fight or something like that, the, the move is, is that you point the camera at you and you go, World star, world star, and then you, and then you keep, keep filming. But, <laughs> so this one, I'm going to pull it up. This one happened, I think. Hey, do we need to take a break? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's take a break. Take let's a break. take a break. Okay. Okay, I'm pull it. Up. Okay, I'm going to pull it up and we'll come right back. You're listening to the
0: Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Radio, C-A-N-N-A radio on Twitter.
0: CannabisRadio.com The Tommy Chung Podcast is back only on CannabisRadio.com
2: And I'm I'm signaling my dad that we're back, but he's sitting oh. on the phone. <laughs> oh, I was
1: uh, just uh, reading my emails. <laughs> Sorry about that.
2: Okay. All right. So this is uh, on uh, on LA Expo train, right? This guy's guy harassing people. I'm playing. So you see it, Dad? Yeah. So he's he's obviously on drugs and he's drunk or something. He Took his shirt off. He's got his shirt off and he and he's and he's paranoid. He's thinking people want to fight him and they don't want to fight him. They just want to be left alone. So he goes in the next train, Dad, and then he's harassing more people and then he comes back. Don't call me weird. Huh?
1: Don't call me weird. Huh?
2: Yeah, he looks like he's messed out He looks like he's tweaking
1: Oh, you don't want to hit Fight with a guy Call you a homie Look at this See that? Oh, Oh, behind Is he choking him out? Yeah So
2: (laughs) So a big uh, trainer (laughs) Comes up behind him Chokes him out world star Z, world star dad world star <laughs> it's like the trainer chokes him out flips him on his back and then stands on him with his foot <laughs> wow so the guy that uh, he trained a lot of the guys in the Palisades and in Santa Monica yeah. his name's Henry Henry Atkins I think yeah. uh, he was trained by uh, Hicks and Gracie he was like Hicks and Gracie's sure. first First black belt or fastest black belt, something like that. Anyways, uh, I heard a story about him where he was out in front of a nightclub and there was these guys and they were just they were you know trying to fight the, the bouncers, trying to fight everybody, and outside just causing just just causing shit. And, and Henry just snuck up behind him and put him in a rear naked choke. But you see how that took a little? That took a few seconds or yeah. like ten, fifteen seconds. Well, well, when you when a black belt does it. My friend Wilson, who's a brown belt, says says, "Man, he he got him in that choke, and the guy was out in seconds. It was like he he, sure. he completely cut off every artery to the brain because <laughs> there's there's a difference, right? There's the air, and then there's arteries, and the yeah. arteries go faster. Yeah. you cut off the blood to the brain, mm-hmm. and you're breathing. You you can breathe through those chokes, but you're you're you just pass out. Yeah. man. you know, there's no blood, and so he he did that all the time, and then, and uh, that's what people are doing nowadays. And I and I think it's humane. Yeah." It's dangerous. Yeah, because you could kill him. Okay, I'll tell you another story. So my friend Keenan, he was like one of the little Palisades guys, right? Yeah, and he his his nickname back then was Blue. So mm-hmm. Keenan had a, had a pit bull with this girl that he was seeing, right? And mm-hmm. he loved the pit bull. And it, the, the relationship didn't work out, right? And so he left, but he wanted the pit bull because it was his pit bull, right? Mm. And so he goes to pick up the pit bull with his new girlfriend. Uh-oh. And his girlfriend at the time had this guy there who you know, was trying to you know, block Keenan from, from uh, taking the pit bull, right? So Keenan's uh, you know trained fighter, so he flipped him around and, and, and choked him out. Mm. But when he let go of him, Guy bashed his head and cracked his head open. He, he he, yeah, he kind of dropped him and he dro- fell down and, and and then held back. So he ground. Oh yeah, no, you put him down. Yeah, because many guys have gotten like you, you you punch a guy in the face and and you know you're like Oh you you just wanted to you know punch him in the face. Next thing you know, he smashes his head. He's dead. Yeah. You know now you now you're up for murder. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And that has happened. Oh yeah, many times. So Keenan, you know, got charged with like some heavy assaults and they, and they were like, and so his lawyer goes, listen, man. My advice to you uh, is to just go to Mexico and don't come back for six years. <laughs> and you know what, man? He's been living in Mexico ever since.
1: <laughs> you're kidding. He took yeah. his advice.
2: And it's been a lot longer than six years. But, you know, when you live someplace that long, you end up, you know, creating a life Making roots.
1: Yeah. know where you go. Yeah. And then you're there. Yeah. What part of Mexico? Uh, Todos Santos. So it's the Pacific side of Cabo. Is there any warrants out for his arrest? Uh, I don't yeah. think anymore, no. No, not anymore. Just, you know, after
2: like seven years, it's kind of like, it's hard to get witnesses, it's hard to find the, the victims, it's hard to get all that stuff. But
1: sometimes it's still on the books, and if you get stopped by... Yeah, I think cops.
2: he's he's kind of made sure, he's reached out and made sure that it's not on the books. And I think in a, in a roundabout way, the prosecutor may have even said, hey, listen, why don't you, you know, fuck off? You know what I mean? The prosecutor yeah. told... The defense, like, listen, dude, this kid's. You know, yeah. if he sticks around, I'm gonna fucking have to put him in county for a year. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Might as well tell him to bounce. Yeah. You know. So, mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah. That's a,
1: that's a good advice. So.
2: in all your t- times of fighting in the clubs and all that, did you see anybody get choked out, unconscious?
1: Not knocked out, but not, not choked coach- out.
2: You see, that's like a new kind of thing. You know, yeah. it's from the MMA.
1: Used you know? to see that in the wrestling ring. You know, and we used. To, I always thought it was phony, you right? Know, because they would drop all of a sudden, and you know, they they pick up their hand. The referee would pick up his hand, and would yeah. be limp. Yeah. And then he would wave his hands, and then the the seconds would come and, and pull him. But
2: off. you see, a lot of people think, "Oh, yeah, you try that with me, and I'll gouge your eyes out. I'll grab your balls." <laughs> and I'm telling you, when someone sinks a choking on you like that. You, you're pretty helpless, man. Yeah. You can try for a half a second to gouge someone I out, but by the time you even get their head, you're seeing stars.
1: Well, the last thing you want to do is do something that the guy is going to turn around and use on you, you know, that's, that's the thing about well, using a weapon you know he's come at a guy with a weapon and if he takes yeah. it off you now now you're standing there looking at looking like a, a cartoon figure yeah you
2: know? so you know how you can't watch like horror films and like a lot of the videos that I show you online you can't you can't even no, watch right no. because you feel them. so I was watching this movie last night called the killing season oh. and it's with John Travolta and Robert de Niro and okay spoiler alert spoiler alert you know so I'm watching this movie Robert de Niro is a soldier of a retired soldier who was working with the UN peacekeeping forces in Serbia right and oh, so I think I, I, I've seen uh, the trailer yeah. and John Travolta he's got a big beard and, and uh, John Travolta was one of the the, the, the Scorpion killing squads of yeah. uh, that was killing all the Muslims in Serbia Bosnia whatever mm-hmm. John Travolta wants to get his get his revenge turns into this thing where he they kind of meets him and then he you know he, under false pretenses and then they have this like they go on a hunting trip together and then they're each hunting them each hunting each other oh. with bow and arrows right oh. so, so dude the one part man I swear I could not I could not watch it without squirming or like I had to close my ears or whatever because he De Niro gets shot through the calf right Okay, oh. so he gets shot right behind the, right behind the bone, Dad, right here, yeah. right here, yeah. inside the calf, all the way through. And so, <laughs> it's so gnarly. They're in uh-huh. like an old barn, and John Travolta uh, throws him a spike attached to a rope, a small, like, rope, like, not, not too thick, you know, yeah. and it's tied to the spike. The spike's about eight inches long. He says, put that through your calf. The hole from the arrow, okay? De Niro, he's getting threatened with his life, so De Niro puts it through the hole of his calf, Uh, and then he says, Now tie it around your calf. uh, And then so it's going through between the bone and the calf uh, muscle. And he says, tie it around the cap. And I thought he was going to just kind of tie him up and then say, okay, now I got you. And if you move, it'll hurt real bad. He strings him up over a rafter and hangs him from that thing. Oh, my God, Dad. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it, man. He was just hanging there. And then they would show shots of the oozing down and then... And then, oh, John Travolta's character was going, going. Oh yeah, you know the the calf muscle is very, very strong. It will not. It will hold for for days, maybe maybe weeks even. You know. Uh. And, oh, it, daddy, it was like so gnarly to watch. I couldn't uh. deal with it, man. De Niro shoots an arrow through his mouth, through John Travolta's mouth, right? And then he ties him up when he, you know, when he's passed out because of the pain. And then his thing was, he, so so uh, John Travolta's laying on a, on a table, it's all tied up, and he's got that hole through each of his cheeks, maybe some teeth knocked out. <laughs> and, and De Niro's making lemonade, and he's going, "Yeah, you know, my father used to, we, my mom used to have lemonade ready for us after we come home from a hunt, you know." And he's making him drink it. So he makes he's making this lemonade. He's making this lemonade. He's going, oh, "You know what we need? We need some sugar." So he goes to the the cupboard. He sees, he looks for sugar. Oh, we're all out of sugar. I need a substitute, so then he grabs the big thing of salt, right, and he pours all the salt, like like a pound of salt, into the lemonade. So it's just pure lemonade, and then he put the 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 uh, the pulp in as well. So it's pure lemon and pulp juice, and, and sugar uh, and a pound of salt. Okay, salt, and then he just. He just pours it in his mouth and, like, basically waterboards him with, with that. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, I could watch that. But the, the calf muscle thing, Dad,
1: there was just, it was impossible. Well, I'm man. glad you shared that with us. Yeah, I mean, I had if, to. If, if we've got any listeners left, uh, I want you to say that uh, <laughs> we're never going to go down this road again. Why? Oh. <laughs> that, that's horrible, you know ever since i I've been operated on it I've been super super sensitive you're last though that you were very
2: sensitive when you were healing and you were really vulnerable you were super sensitive to everything
1: okay, so but what's going on in the chong's choice world because you know what I did like i'm I'm getting so much uh product you know the test that everybody wants to be on the chong choice team uh-huh and so I recruited some people friends of mine at the Le Pain yeah. Restaurant to uh, test the product for There's me. There's only one tester, Dad. Me?
2: Yeah. No, but I need help. No, we can't give that job away. It's Chong's choice for a reason, man. You choose it. I know. I, you I, can't. You can't have other people
1: choosing Chong's choice. No, for they, Chong. I, I need helpers. No, no, I need helpers. And no, what, I'm, what i what I want to do is put out a word for people that if you're interested in testing Chong Choice product on a uh, uh, scientific basis to contact us through teachingchong.com mm-hmm. and just give us your qualifications as a tester. What would make you a good okay, tester? Okay, you're
2: going to go through all these...
1: these uh, Absolutely. These Absolutely. I'll go through them all. You You'll know? Be, don't be putting it on my work desk. <clears throat> oh, Oh, heavens to Betsy. I mean, it's hard for you to work on a surfboard, you know, when you're out in the middle of the ocean, I guess. You know it's what? You talk a lot tough. of shit,
2: man. I'm going on a surf trip, and you're going to be all alone in a little bit. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I mean. You're going
1: on a surf trip. Oh, well, surprise, surprise, y'all. I have to work so hard that I needed to go on wh- a surf wh- trip. Wh- where are you going? I'm going to Asu in May. Uh, oh, you're May. going on to Asu in May. Am yeah. I going? No, you're not going. I'm not going? You're not allowed to yet. In May? May,
2: you're not allowed to. You can go. That's my birthday. I know. We're going to go later on in, uh, I think, October. You and I will go because it's a nice end of the season. Well, you know
1: what I want to do, Cause too. Because they're still
2: doing, it'll still be construction going on out there and stuff. But oh. you know you can't smoke weed there.
1: What do you mean you can't smoke you
2: weed? You can't smoke weed in Indonesia. They will put you in
1: jail and take your money. Oh, then I'm not going to. That's what sale. I mean, man. I'm not going to. I
2: don't, think, I don't think it's I'm not going right to go it.
1: to that chicken shit country. Yeah. Won't let you smoke weed. Every uh, boonie in the world smokes weed over there.
2: Oh well you know the problem is that is that the Aceh province right the North Sumatra where we're like the fundamentalist uh, the Muslims yeah well you know the they're kind of separatist they have a separatist movement and yeah. they're and <laughs> you know how they fund their movement
1: with weed <laughs> so so weed has that terrorist connection there which is oh. not good for weed well that's know. Know. what George Bush tried to lay on us when he busted us said that that our uh, bongs were uh, funding terrorist organizations <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's why that's why people I I've, I've heard this on Twitter where they say where they say you know you know there's so there's too much stuff in the world you know for the next president to be concerned with uh, weed. And uh, and so I just said I just said yeah well that's exactly what we thought about after 9 11 when George Bush had so much on his plate but he did find time to have you know the whole bong industry taken down and Donald yeah. Chong put in jail so, yeah so that don't they don't, found time for that don't ever fall for that bullshit yeah you know we're gonna take a quick break a little minute early because last time we were a little late and then we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Tommy Chung Podcast is back, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: We're back already, yeah. Yeah, here we are. Hey, so, okay. That was a short break. Okay, so what?
2: This is an interesting article. Okay. Okay. And this is something that you already knew, right? But a lot of people... Still, to this day, think that you know marijuana and drugs were made illegal you know and criminalized and with all these penalties because it would be good for society it would yeah. be good it would be a good way to eradicate that problem
1: yeah, and put know, a lot of black people in jail. so
2: so what did we find out? We found out that richard nixon 's top advisor admitted that the war on drugs was a policy tool to go after anti war protesters, which is codenamed for
1: hippies. And black people. Yeah. Well, because he had that commission on pot, and, you know, it was made up of some very, uh, you know, good scientists and good people. And they, at the end of the commission, they recommended that pot be made legal. Definitely don't make it illegal, it's going to cause a lot of problems. And Nixon just failed to, he, he just totally ignored that, as Nixon would. You know, I, I just watched the show on- Well,
2: yeah, because they're not interested in science. No. They're interested in in furthering their means. Yeah. And what was bothering them at the time? The Black Panthers and the anti-war hippie movement. That's right.
1: Those were were the main agitators for the Nixon and the time. They they literally helped stop the, the Vietnam War. You know, with Johnson, for sure. Literally, right? And, yeah, they just protested so much, and then everybody in Vietnam got turned on to weed, and and they are smoking it over there with the enemy, so by the way. So at the beginning,
2: America thought, okay, we got to fight communism. Yeah. We got to. We well, got to do.
1: We got to do. We got to get out there. In the fifties, you know, you know we had taken down Japan, and now mm-hmm. it was time to take down Vietnam. So, so we had no wars to fight. So so oh, let's go to Vietnam because we were fighting communism. Because and, we're, and, we, and we we don't it. want because we don't
2: want the Russians and the Chinese to take over. <laughs> Vietnam is that 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 was that was the, the
1: domino effect
2: the domino effect right? yeah
1: once once Vietnam falls and everybody then they're going to take
2: Japan they're going to take Taiwan they're going they're to take the Kong. world they're going to take, the take
1: the, the world. world they're going to take so, us all
2: th- so that at the beginning it was like oh yeah you know this is what we got to do what we got to do right so then how many years into it did they t- did the public
1: perception change well what was happening uh, the war escalated so fast after uh, Kennedy was assassinated the war just escalated like crazy as if uh, the military complex was uh, responsible for the assassination. And so, and the oil companies. See, you can't sell. And rubber companies too, Rubber, oil, anything to do with uh, war, the war machinery. Because war machinery is is a perfect way to get billions of dollars uh, out of the coffers and into people's hands. Right. Uh, because you, there's no accountability. When you blow up a bomb that you know cost a million dollars or cost whatever it costs, it's blowing up, and you need another one. Yeah, de- and you de- blow yeah that destruction up. is good business. Yeah, for for because you got to you got to replace shit that gets destroyed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, it's like uh, being in the cigarette business. You know, <laughs> you, you know, destroying people's lives and, and 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 making a big profit. That's what war was and what happened but they needed fodder they needed cannon, cannon fodder mm-hmm. and so what they did uh, Johnson and the white establishment in America decided that wow this is a good way to get rid of the, Mexi- the brown people and the black people yeah. and so they, they instituted the draft yeah. now if you were white and had any kind of connection you never went to war you got so, deferred. So, so. Do you but th- if you were Chicano, if you were black, you got drafted, and not only drafted, but you were sent over to the front line, and, and within days you were dead, yeah, because you were just cannon fodder, yeah. and and they, they had no really uh, plan of defeating anybody. All they wanted to do was go over there and drop bombs and try out all the weapons that you know and learn and about pretty heavy warfare. shit too, like napalm. Oh, they tried everything Agent Orange, just to defoliate the jungle and, and just to kill plants to kill plants to defoliate so the enemy had nowhere to hide and that and no it, food to eat, yeah, and that created so much cancer with see because it blew back and, and so many of our own people got cancer oh, from man. that from that agent orange crazy and that's just part of it. And then, then all the money that was stolen, you know, from you know the, the civilian uh, end of it, you know, the yeah. Halliburton end of it, yeah, you know, and so that's why they. And then the war ma- machinery—they got so hooked into that, you know, because billions of dollars were going yeah. through there. You know, people were making that. But let's get of back money. to the to it, like their policy on drugs. That was to make it illegal it's to put people in jail. And to get rid of the black people yeah. and the hippies, yeah, which they consider black people. So when people bring up when like, should we legalize
2: marijuana <laughs> because it's so strong nowadays? And all this uh. is—it's is, just—it's like, wait a sec. Wait, shouldn't you be uh, investigating why it was made illegal in the first place and hold those people well, accountable in history? Like, come on, man. Like, we can't have these people pretend that they're. They're like national heroes when they're fucking evil, evil people. Yeah. That, that just purposely ruined a segment yeah. of society that didn't agree with their beliefs.
1: Yeah. Ruined their lives. Yeah, They were racist. Racist. They wanted to get rid of and the And then bla-
2: people still say, oh yeah, black people, they just want free shit. It's like...
1: It's a dumb argument. It's not selling anymore. So I, I, oh, but I'll tell you one thing. You know, the way Donald Trump has exposed... The hypocrisy. We're not allowed to talk about Trump today. But it was exposed. He like he exposed it all. And now now we as a, a people see exactly what the Republican Party, yeah. Nixon and all the boys are all about. You know, and what they're all about is that white supremacy. But it's amazing that it's taken the marijuana movement until
2: now to even get a conversation going to even get those small victories Well, thanks. and if it wasn't for the for the for the people the sick people out
1: there and if it wasn't the, for that little baby on Sandra Gupta's show that was a
2: that was a big turning point but i think even huge even before point. that when like the Dennis Perones went out there and they were saying like we want to we need this we're Paris. wasting away
1: when it was. i read where they are Taking people's kids away from them for having a medical marijuana card and treating a medical. Where is this? In
2: Kansas or something
1: like that? Yeah, Yeah. 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 So it's still going on. No,
2: it's still going on,
1: man. Those people are... Well, the
2: Supreme Court threw out the case. Did you hear about that? So Nebraska and Kansas had a case saying uh, oh, that yeah. you know, all this... you know, They're going need, to sue uh, you need to, uh, Colorado. Yeah, you need to enforce the federal laws because, you know, we're getting... And the Supreme getting, Court, getting, they didn't throw it we're, out. We're, they won't hear it. Yeah, they were having a huge problem with all this weed coming in yeah. here. Yeah. And they're like, in all these resources we need, and it's such bullshit. Yeah, well, it's huge, yeah. You know you what know, the just, problem is? You know what they're scared of is all that fucking good weed is coming into their states, and all these people are getting turned on and tuned in and tuned out, and they're just going, "Man, why aren't we smoking this stuff?" And then Uh, then uh, they
1: then they then they have what do do they
2: have there? They have an original thought.
1: (laughs) That's they're having that strange thing that happens to them—an original thought. (laughs) I forgot about that. oh lord but you know what but,
2: but dad it's crazy because this came out yesterday and it's it's I don't know
1: if it's what, what came out the,
2: the whole Nixon aid you yep. know admitting that yeah. and and it's I don't think people are really quite understanding how big a
1: news this is you know well yeah People are, but a lot of people don't know who Nixon is. You know, a lot of people. You know, ignorance is is contagious. Well, I
2: I heard, sure. I read, I read another story about how we have a a school funding problem in this country, right? Like schools, especially in 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 inner cities, in cities in, in, yeah, and in poor neighborhoods, they're the, the schools are just like madhouses. They they're way over capacity. Yeah. they don't pay the teachers anything. Mm-hmm. The teachers can't even teach. And they're just a complete failure, right? Yeah. Well, this this uh, journalist, he investigated. He thinks that it's the reason why they're they're forcefully doing this because they want to privatize it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like they they, they private- want to
2: show they want to show how big of a failure the government is at at, at running
1: schools. Yeah. So that they could privatize yeah. it. Yeah. And then they can segregate, again, you know, financially segregate and yeah. control. In control, you know, like or private no, no. schools. No,
2: they'll just steal the money because it's just like how they have, uh, how like the food that you get in schools, right? Like in high schools here is just the most... Like garbage, un, uh, garbage, unnutrition. is just junk. Yeah. It's literally will will give you disease and make well, did you, you obese. Did you see? And that? And then they show they show what happens in other countries, and it's like it's well, good
1: wholesome food. What's his name, uh, uh, Mike Moore? Anyway, that documentary showed it. You know, they they showed a menu to uh, French kids of American food, and the French kids, oh yeah, I wouldn't eat that. Oh. Horrible, they looked and then they looked at what they were eating, and it's all fresh, and oh my God, best nutrition
2: it. it was like they went to a spa, yeah, like they go to a spa school,
1: yeah,
2: oh. like people don 't really realize it, they think this they think number one America is just number one, number one, number one, because they 've never been anywhere they 've never, never experienced anything
1: they only believe that 's what they said the the guy in Cuba you know they asked they found one guy in Cuba that likes Cuba the way it is yeah. and he's an American. And and they asked him And he said uh, What's the worst thing about America He says commercials Yeah Because you turn on TV in America And all you get is commercials Yeah Yeah it's true I I watch you know I'm watching the election And all that stuff And most of the time I'm watching the same fucking commercials Over and over and over again To the point where I hate them so much Well you know what the kids do nowadays dad Hmm. They
2: tape their shows And they fast forward through commercials
1: Yeah (laughs) Yeah you got to do it, man. I'm going to start doing that. You got to do it, but I, you know, I'm old school. You know, I, I don't mind sitting there and watching what's going on now. Yeah, especially, especially because I have my phone. I have the, inter, you know, the, the internet right next yeah. to me, and I can fact check anything I want.
2: You but. got the bigger phone. What do you think of that? Do you do you, do you use it more with? The...
1: <laughs> I, I love my phone. I, you know, I'm learning how to turn it on and off. <laughs> <laughs> but do you are you able to read better on it? Oh yeah, and man, the last no, one—I I, I can read everything. I'm—I'm uh, <laughs> uh, I'm
2: satisfied
1: with everything. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, man, when I read this, uh, the truth about Nixon. Yeah, I mean it's all coming out. It's all coming. You—you know, got to remember, Nixon was part of that McCarthy era where they put uh, Jews in jail for writing, writing uh, anti-American uh, or communist-inspired. Uh, uh, screenplays yeah you know <laughs> we talk about freedom of speech and nixon was part of it, and he was our president so he, did, he, he didn't he didn't
2: appreciate a good movie back then
1: no he nixon. thought he thought they were subversive no he he was just trying to control you know get take a power you know for the republican party like like it's going on right now Right, What they're trying to do right now, but the, their lives aren't working now because everybody fact checks. Right, right. Yeah. And the thing, you know what brought Nixon and what brings everybody down? What? Ka- the karma. What Whatever you reap, <laughs> you will sow. In other words, whatever you plant, that's what you're going to have to live with. Yeah. You know, and what happens, Whatever you know, what you say ab- about somebody else, it boomerangs. It comes back and bites you in the butt and that's what's happening to uh to the country right now. Yeah. And it it is it's great. It's great. I mean look look what look at Canada, you know, Canada now uh with Trudeau. Uh-huh. And, and <laughs> someone said, "Oh, I wish Trudeau could be our president." <laughs> that was kind of funny.
2: Why? Because they he's, think he's handsome?
1: He, no, because he's a progressive, you know. He's he's ready to move into the into the 20th century, you know, and forget about, you know, the Republicans, uh, they're they're money hoarders, you know, they're, they're, they're stockpiling money, you know, just like the old pharaohs did with their, with their pyramids, you know, they, they, they're stockpiling their stuff as if they can take it with them to the next life and, and at the expense of, of of the poor people and, and middle-class people, you know, like Bernie said, you know, it's, it's a middle class that, no Bernie, you can't talk
2: about politics. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. I can man. About. I'm no, your producer, you
2: man. I'm trying to help you out.
1: Hey, produce <laughs> this. Look, look at look. Produce this. <laughs> you can't talk to your son that way. How
2: dare you, man? Come oh, on. I'm
1: sorry. Did Come I on, did man. I say something wrong? Come here, I'll yeah. choke your ass out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> like my, my dad used to say, I'll give you a backhand. What did he say? It was backhand. To the moon, Ellis. Yeah, to the, yeah, pow. pow, smash, boom, pow. to the moons. Because she always busted him. And then Archie Bunker and All in the Family. What was his life? Oh, Archie was, he was prejudiced. He, was, <laughs> he hated hippies. He hated everybody. hated black people. Next thing you know, he's got a black family living next door to him. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good show. Oh, man. It was a good show. Good era. Good era of television. Although I'm enjoying this this season of uh, television.
2: your show is billions, billions, billions right? And, billions, right?
1: And Dancing with the Stars last night. Oh, I oh that. yeah, your yeah, your girl Peta. So Peta's got a deaf guy, and that deaf guy <coughs> dances way better than Geraldo. Of course, this table dance is better than Geraldo. You really? Oh, Geraldo Rivera. Oh, terrible, man. huh? Oh. If I was Puerto Rican, why
2: didn't he give you a call? Why didn't he give? You, why didn't you give him a call and say, "Man, don't take this lightly. Go get some lessons. Figure it out."
1: I don't think Gerardo. You really, really. <laughs>
2: So, he, so
1: he's he's, he's in Chicha's camp pretty heavy. Yeah.
2: So his uh his Mexican car he got is going to get pulled he can't even do any salsa or rumbo or anything no, like he's, that.
1: No, he's he's Puerto Rican. He's not oh, Mexican. Puerto Rican. I, well, Mexico Puerto, Mexico would build a wall, wall, Rico, wall around they, his. But they do a good salsa in Puerto Rico, don't they? Puerto Ricans one of the best dancing places people in the, people world, in the right? world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Celia Cruz, Celia Cruz, yes. And what's the other one? Gloria Esteban. Oh, Gloria Esteban. Yeah, Esteban. Yeah, I mean, see, si. yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> and I was in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and we went to a salsa club, and it was hot. You, you know what, people, especially people of color, you know, people like of uh, Spanish descent, you know, you ask them if they can dance salsa, and for some reason, they gotta lie. They go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I danced my mother, uh, my mother taught me. you know <laughs> one, t- one time I was in, uh, in Vancouver, I was just learning how to dance salsa, uh-huh. and there's a whole bunch of us there, uh-huh. you know, the whole gang of us, salsa yeah. dancers. And this one uh, salsa dancer girl, she met this guy on, on, on the bus, and he, he, he was Spanish, and he looked like a salsa dancer, right. so much so that she talked him into come to, to the club. Right then, she says, "Come on, we're we're dancing. Do you dance salsa, don't you?" And, and he says, "Yeah, of course I do, you know." And so he gets on the floor, and this guy—he was almost as bad as Geraldo. He he couldn't do shit, man. He couldn't do anything, <laughs> and and we're all, and we're all just on pins and needles, looking at, waiting for this guy to show us what a great dancer he was. And it was embarrassing. In fact, the girl had to leave him on the in the middle of the floor and just walk off. And just left le- his ass in there, and he and he just got <laughs> he got ostracized from. He the did, birth. huh? Yeah, he, he had to just sort of slink his way out of the place. Yeah. He even even had that that Latino shirt on, you know, the white shirt, the blousy shirt. Uh huh. Or oh, he looked like he, he was going to be Ricky Ricardo. You he know? had the look, huh? He had the look, but no moves, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there's a lot of Latinos in, in town here right now. Now
2: you see that's fine because that's a nightclub. You know, there's just a few people in the nightclub that you're going to be embarrassed about. Like, yeah. Do you get it? Do you, oh. hey celebrities out there that are going to go on these shows? Millions and millions of people are watching it
1: or not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, millions boy. of people. I, I swear to God, they look at that. No, guy, Dad. Uh, they, they, what they, else is on? You watch the bad and the good. You know? Oh. I couldn't watch it. It was so sad. <laughs> it, was sad. <laughs> it was so sad. And Geraldo's a friend. No, it was kind of weird because it was the first season, uh, first night of Dancing with the Stars, uh-huh. you know. And so I wanted to see uh, my old friends, you know. I'd seen, you know, been with them for yeah. a season. So yeah. I, I know everybody on the show. And and so I wanted to see it. And Mom says, ah, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so she went to bed. <laughs> no, it's it how She did it. She says, I'm going to bed. Uh, I don't want to watch this.
2: Yeah, and then and then you watched it, and then you went to bed, and then she was hours awake.
1: hours later. She was awake. How was it? And of course, I said the wrong thing. I said, "Oh, Peta and, and her partner killed it." Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it really she got, didn't want to hear that. It really got chilly. Well, in th- bed. It got chilly. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I I had to tell you the truth, man. Peter's partner is a deaf model, male yeah. model. So he's really good looking. Yeah. He's got abs and he can dance. Man. Yeah, man. He he's deaf and he can dance.
2: Well, you know what's hard for mom is that, is that uh she, she's still jealous about Peter and all that, but she more than anything right now Her goal in life Is to get on Dancing with the Stars yeah,
1: Well I'm going down there Monday And, and I'm going to talk to the producers <laughs> Dad No I'm going to talk to the producers You're
2: not going to get your wife on By, by threatening the producers No no no, no Listen threat- you can't threaten the producers no, Don't no, try no, to punch no, them No no Don't no, do no, that
1: No man. no no And
2: don't no. threaten with the lo- Last time you had the idea of threatening a lawsuit no, Don't no, do no, that no, either no, man.
1: No, no, no. No, no, I was just joking. No, I know I, what I'm going to do. I know, I know, uh, Rob Wade, and he owes me. Uh-huh. He owes me, you know, because I yeah. helped the show enormously. You know, I mean, we it was it was it was dying in a lot of ways, and then I brought it back. Uh-huh. You know, because there were so many people that when I got on the show, I mean, they would have Tommy Chong watching parties. Yeah. That's you true. know, they would like, get together. Hey, talk, hey, dance with the stars. Like, come on over, and they would sit there. And, and then they would all vote for me. And they, and I know that happened because, you know, for a while there, I thought the, it was fixed, but it's not fixed at all. No, <laughs> because the best way to find out, the producers can find out, is how many eyeballs are watching, and and they're watching the vote, and and the voting lets everybody know who they're who they're watching, who they like. So Rob Wade, he and I saw him after that. At Derek and uh, his sister's show, and and he he was a very nice, warm uh, thing. Yeah. And even when I was trying to get on the, or when I was auditioning to get on the show, you know, I met with the whole crew and 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 there they like, a lot of more fans. than oh, for sure, for and, sure. And, and and lands back. Well, good luck trying to get your wife on Dance with the Stars, man. Oh, I, I'll, 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 I can mm-hmm. do it. I can do it. I can do it. I hope. <laughs> Well, good luck, man. Anyway, I'll, luck. I'll, I'll get to see Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, I, I think <laughs> I think I better go before I really shoot myself in the butt. Don't worry, I'll, I'll send a link to her. To oh, her. <laughs> Don't. You dare. Okay, so uh, that's it for today. Yeah, man. And and uh, listen, I want to tell all you guys. Listen, uh, you know, Tommy Chong's coming up with a lot of new new things. So. You know, stay tuned to our podcast and stay tuned to our our website and our Instagram and and all that stuff. And the Cheech and Chong thing, you know, keep watching it and and let us know what you think. And definitely, uh, you know, people that want to get into the the testing Chong products, you know, contact me. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye.